MSW Media. Thanks to Dame for supporting the Daily Beans. Get 10% off your first order at dameproducts.com when you use promo code DAILYBEANS. And thanks to Hunter Douglas for supporting the Daily Beans. Hunter Douglas makes innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems that can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day and bring greater convenience, style, and comfort to your home. Go to hunterdouglas.com slash dailybeans today to get your free style get smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. And today's show is brought to you by my favorite daily nutritional drink, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We thank them for their support. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. Today, a manhunt is underway for a Brooklyn subway shooter. The Department of Justice confirms in a letter to the House Oversight Committee it is investigating the mishandling of classified documents by Donald Trump. The Pennsylvania Labor Union president is under investigation for harassment of women. John Eastman is still trying to get states to submit false slates of electors. The Oklahoma governor and fascist Kevin Stitt signs a near-total abortion ban. New developments in the two men impersonating DHS officers and insurrectionist Amy Kramer is hit with another fine. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I would like Amy Kramer to be hit with uh, handcuffs is what I would like her to be I would like that as well. And I know you probably didn't feel that in San Diego, but I think we just had a very small earthquake when when you were reading the show. Not a big one, but my whole seat just just shook a little bit. So either it's really bad wind or we just had a little tremor. Oh my, yeah, no, we didn't have that here yeah. uh, in, in San Diego. So good thing you're going to be down here on Saturday night where it's safe. I know, and I think almost sold out. So we're going to have a nice full house. It's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. Almost sold out. That's Martini's Above Fourth. Wonderful venue with a comedy show with an amazing lineup. I'll be there, not on stage, just to watch and enjoy the wonderful comedy stylings of the birthday girl, Dana Goldberg. Thank you. Thank you for all the birthday wishes on Twitter. I've been reading them. I I haven't been able to respond to all of them, but just know I I just appreciate all of the love. It's been a calm day and a joyful day and all good. It's nothing, nothing bad, nothing bad. Thank goodness. Other than the fucking news. Yeah. So let's get to that, right? (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to, I almost called her my Botox agent. I don't know why. That's hilarious. (laughs) My dealer, my Botox dealer. (laughs) My Botox pusher. She just asked me to describe the podcast of Daily Beans to her. And I was like, it's as funny as the news can be. (laughs) That's that's the best way to do it. Man, we had a loss today. We had a loss today in the comedy world. We sure did. And this show is dedicated to him. Gilbert Gottfried passed away today. One of my favorite all-time comedians. I highly recommend sitting down with, you know, a glass of wine or a soda or some popcorn and watching some clips of a master at work because just truly a brilliant mind and and a friend. I know I've I've been on a couple of panels and, and had some discussions with him. I just recently talked to him and um, the giant colossal podcast host, Frank Santa Padre. I'm my heart is broken for this yeah. one. 
Same, same. So we're sending yeah. love to his family and friends and the rest of the comedy community and all of his fans out there. Yes, 100%. And uh, of course, I want to talk a little bit too about this show. We're going to have a lot of news today. As you could tell, we had a pretty long intro, not a record setter, but it was a, it was a lot of news today. And, and later I'll be talking with Rick Smith, host of the Rick Smith Show. And we're going to be talking about this AFL-CIO president who's just been a serial harasser, particularly of women, for a very long time. And it's very disturbing. And he's under investigation. So we're going to talk about that with Rick Smith. And a real quick story here, because there's really not much more to it, because we've already talked about when the House Oversight Committee reached out to the Department of Justice to get information about what was in those 15 boxes that Donald took with him to Mar-a-Lago. And and the National Archives said, nope, we can't tell you because DOJ told us not to. And so Carol Maloney and the Oversight Committee wrote a letter to the Department of Justice saying, what the fuck? What gives? Why can't NARA give us any of these details? And they said, yeah, because there's an ongoing investigation. Leave us alone. <laughs> and so that is a confirming now what we had suspected that the Department of Justice is investigating the mishandling of top secret SCI documents. So that's good news. Wonderful. All right. We have a lot to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So I don't even know how to structure this sentence, really. But apparently, John Eastman, while his emails were being reviewed (laughs) for crime fraud exception by a federal judge for content about false slates of electors, while that review was happening, and just after John Eastman asked the court for some free time off reviewing the rest of his emails, remember, we were like, 1500 a day is so hard. Can I just do 750? I have life, you know. And when the judge granted that, like, whatever, dude, I'm reviewing your crimey emails. Get the fuck out of here. During that time, what he needed the extra time for, I guess, is to go to Wisconsin and try for two hours to get them to throw out their Biden electors from 2020. Dude must be desperate to get Donald back in office so he can get himself a pardon for all the crimes he keeps committing. So this is on March 16th. Eastman and others spent nearly two hours behind closed doors, pressuring Republican Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Vos to nullify the 2020 election and reclaim the electors awarded to Biden for Trump, according to sources, which legal experts say is impossible. It was impossible then. It's impossible now. In other 1-6 news, the New York Times bombshell reporting that one week before the Capitol attack, An aide to Roger Stone named Jason Sullivan joined a conference call with a group of Trump supporters and told him to descend on the Capitol on January 6th. And the call took place on December 30th. So a week later, we I want you to descend on the Capitol. And that's according to actual recordings of this call that were provided to the Times. While Mr. Sullivan claimed that he was not inciting violence or any kind of riots, he urged those on the call to make their presence felt at the Capitol in a way that would intimidate members of Congress. That, again, is obstruction by force, which is seditious conspiracy, telling the group that they had to ensure lawmakers inside the building understand that people are breathing down their necks, unquote. He also pledged Donald was going to take action on his own. He was going to impose a form of martial law on January 6th and would not be leaving office. Quote, if we make the people inside the building sweat, and they understand that they may not be able to walk in the streets any longer if they do the wrong thing, then maybe they'll do the right thing, he said. We have to put that pressure there. That's inciting a riot, dude. Not, I know that you said probably for legal reasons, I'm not uh, condoning violence. Yeah. Here. Now, here's the buried lead for me. No one's talking about this shit. 
It's unclear, quote, if the Justice Department is aware of Mr. Sullivan's conference call. The department declined to comment. The House committee investigating the events of January 6th was provided a copy of this recording some months ago by the woman who made it, Stacy Burke, a law student and Republican activist from Arizona. Shortly after the election, Ms. Burke became convinced that phony ballots had been flown in bulk into Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport, and she eventually submitted an anonymous affidavit concerning the ballots in one of the election fraud cases filed in federal district court in Phoenix by Sidney Powell. Now, after becoming involved with Sidney Powell, Ms. Burke said she had been approached by members of the right-wing group the First Amendment Praetorian, which is associated with former legal clients of Powell's, Mike Flynn, who is Trump's first national security advisor. First, because there were several. There were several. <laughs> Ms. Burke said that members of the, the First Amendment Praetorian placed her under unwanted surveillance and insisted they moved into her home to, quote, protect her from people who might want to retaliate against her for coming forward about voter fraud. Oh, my God. And it was a member of the First Amendment Praetorian, Ms. Burke said, who joined the conference call that featured Mr. Sullivan. And she said she recorded that call because she recorded all the activities of the First Amendment Praetorian because they were sketch as fuck. And I'm paraphrasing. She felt threatened and unsafe by their presence in her home. At one point during the call, Mr. Sullivan, the Roger Stone aide, was asked by an unknown questioner whether Donald intended to impose martial law on January 6th. That explosive notion had been raised publicly two weeks earlier by Mike Flynn during an appearance on the right-wing television network Newsmax. Sullivan answered the question by telling the man, yeah, I can see a limited form of martial law on January 6th. I don't see any other way around it because he's not going to allow an election fraud to take place. It's going it's not going to happen, he said. So Burke met with Powell, who's been under investigation since September by the Department of Justice. She was intimidated by First Amendment Praetorian, who is one of also filed lawsuits for the Kraken strike force, which Flynn is part of. And Flynn is also under investigation by the Department of Justice as part of the Sidney Powell investigation. And this lady was a Kraken witness. Okay, she was one of the several witnesses that, you know, signed affidavits about, you know, ballots and bullshit. Like, you remember the drunk lady for the the Rudy Giuliani Uh, testimony? Sure do. And and by the way, there were like 26, I think, at least a dozen, maybe two dozen of the Kraken plaintiffs and affidavit signers that were also signed false elector certificates. And Eastman's trying to get Wisconsin to do... It's all connected, you guys. There's a lot of little dots that make a giant black hole is what's happening. (laughs) Oh, everyone, I'm sorry about this next story that we even have to bring it to you. I hope that if there's anyone out there affected by this, uh, we are sending our love. There's been at least 10 people that were shot Six others injured after a man wearing a gas mask opened fire and threw a smoke canister aboard a moving New York City subway train during rush hour Tuesday morning. The shooting prompted a massive law enforcement response to Brooklyn's Sunset Park neighborhood in a manhunt for a suspect. And this is all from the officials. This is a quote, the individual is still on the loose. This person is dangerous. And that was from New York Governor Kathleen Hochul. She said that during a news conference. Now, the police were looking for a man believed to be about five foot five, 180 pounds. He was wearing a green construction vest during the attack. Now, regional police agencies, they had been on the lookout for a U-Haul van with Arizona plates that could be connected to the suspect. That's again from law enforcement sources. That vehicle was found later in the afternoon on Kings Highway, about five miles from the crime scene, but the suspect was still being sought. Now, the chaos 
which was all caught on video and photos, started at about 8.24 a.m. when shots rang out inside a Manhattan-bound N train as it was pulling into the 36th Street station. NYPD Commissioner Keechant Sewell told reporters that. This is another quote. This is just horrifying. The suspect was in the train car. The shooting began in the train car, she said. As the train was pulling into the station, the subject put on a gas mask. He then opened a canister that was in his bag. Then the car began to fill with smoke and he began shooting. None of the wounded, thank God, have life-threatening injuries. And this is not being considered an act of terrorism. That's what authorities have said. So this is an ongoing story. We'll obviously keep you posted and hopefully they get this guy because that is a horrifying morning. And I'm so sorry for the people of New York. Mm, yeah, Brooklyn, my heart, my, I just, hmm. That's so terrifying. And, you know, in the car, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like in, in smoke, like nowhere to go. Oh my God. Oh, so I guess not a terrorist attack, but definitely terrorizing the people of, of New York. Um, next up, prominent Donald Trump supporter Amy Kramer was slapped with another fine by the FEC, according to Forbes. Quote, women vote smart pack. No, they didn't. These women do not. And its treasurer, Amy Kramer, now owe the Federal Election Commission at least $49,000 in past due fines for failing to submit financial reports. The FEC disclosed the latest fine, $11,800, for not filing the 2021 mid-year report on Friday. That's according to Zach Everson. Women Vote Smart violated FEC rules from its launch. Founded in May 2016 as Women Vote Trump, it changed its names. Jeez. Uh, it changed its name the following month after the FEC pointed out that using a candidate's name violates campaign finance rules. <laughs> like they didn't even look them up. Kramer, along with her daughter, Kylie, was subpoenaed by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack. And in, in that case, the subpoena focused on the women's work for a different organization, Women for America First. So they're also Very much. under investigation and now have to pay a bunch of fines, too. Good. All right, AG, a judge denied the U.S. government's request to keep two men who allegedly posed as Homeland Security agents jailed. That argument was that the government did not sufficiently prove that they were a flight risk. And that's according to Reuters. The decision came after a hearing Tuesday where prosecutors said Arian Tarhazeda and his co-conspirator Hader Ali were accidentally tipped off to the investigation into them by Secret Service. Now, Tarhazeda, I know. <laughs> Can you believe that? The fucking Secret Service. It's like, hey, they're coming for you, dude. I think, I think you're one of us. <laughs> accidentally tipped them off? Yeah, Jesus. I don't think so. I think that was, uh, hey, thanks for the Rolex, by the way. Get rid of that shit. <laughs> All right. Tarhazeda received a message to his business email informing him of an internal investigation at the Secret Service, prosecutors said Tuesday. This prompted law enforcement to arrest Tarhazeda and Ali sooner than planned. And that's according to Fox News. So that's where we've gone. People were now telling you what Fox News is reporting. The two were arrested last week for allegedly posing as Department of Homeland Security agents for two years in convincing Secret Service. Two years! And convincing Secret Service agents to accept gifts, such as iPhones, penthouse apartments, and guns. Hmm. The two were charged with false impersonation of, of a federal officer. There were four Secret Service agents that were placed on administrative leave following the investigation, I'm assuming, because they said yes to a whole lot of gifts. Yeah. And now I'm wondering if like because a lot of people are really upset that the judge let them go, but the government didn't have the evidence to keep them in pretrial detention because they weren't a flight risk. I mean, that's up for debate, you know, but they don't have, you know, they don't have like overseas private jets. You know, they don't have the they're not like Manafort, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think because of the past DV that anyone who's arrested that has a past DV should be held in pretrial detention. But that's, you know, that's that's me. But the thing here is, is that if the Secret Service accidentally tipped them off about this investigation and the arrest, then that, as this says in Reuters, it forced the FBI to go in sooner than they wanted to. And maybe they did hadn't they hadn't fully cooked their case. And that's sort of why these filings were coming every other hour or so to, to these pretrial detention motions and that they still hadn't compiled enough evidence to keep them detained until trial. So anyway, that's it is what it is. But holy, what a banana story. Oh, it's my just, goodness. Seriously. Uh, and Dana, that abortion ban in Oklahoma that we talked about Monday has yes. been signed into law by Governor Stitt. So that's awful and terrible. I'm assuming there will be immediate lawsuits. Oh, yeah. About the ACLU it. is going to immediately file a lawsuit against them. Yeah. And um, still, there's the Mississippi suit, which is going to be heard by the Supreme Court this summer. And that's what I imagine will gut Roe. So it's not good. It's not looking good. That's why you don't stay home. That's why we, we, you know, in 2016, too many people stayed home, didn't vote. All right. After the break, I'll be joined by Rick Smith to discuss the investigation into the new AFL-CIO president for harassment. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's AG for the Beans. And today's show is brought to you by AG for the Beans, athletic greens, specializing in convenient daily nutrition. When life gets very busy, which it always does, it can be hard to eat right and get all the vitamins and nutrients we need every day, especially for me, because also I'm perimenopausal. And I'm paleo and I intermittently fast. So I have a lot of gaps in my nutrition. But Athletic Greens makes it so easy and convenient. You get complete daily nutrition from one scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens. And AG1 contains multivitamins, multiminerals, a probiotic, and a green superfood blend. 75 vitamins and minerals in all. And a lot of whole food ingredients as well. Taking AG1 in the morning keeps me feeling energized and productive all day long. It's a super easy and convenient habit to pick up. And the comprehensive nutrition in the bioavailable ingredients makes AG1 an ideal alternative to multiple pills and supplements. See, I have I used to have a whole cabinet full, and now it's just one delicious scoop. And it fits with all lifestyles, including keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free. It has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial ingredients of any kind. And like I said, AG1 is delicious. I love that Athletic Greens keeps their research current, too. They're into science, and they have improved 53 times in the last decade as a result of latest research. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans today. I'm so excited about these travel packs because I'm going to be coming to D.C. for those January 6th hearings and I'm going to need them. And I don't want to leave my Athletic Greens behind. So again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Today's show is also brought to you by our new sponsor, Dame. Discover your pleasure with Dame's thoughtfully engineered toys. Dame offers discreet shipping, hassle-free returns, and a whole lot of fun. Dame has some amazing toys like their flexible vibrator, Palm that bends to your needs and contours to the shape of your body. Palm is a great way to de-stress. It's soft. It's super bendy. It has five different patterns, five different intensities, and it's bougie. I love it. It's so awesome. I love the design. It's sleek. It's, uh, It's incredible. My favorite thing about Palm is it's completely waterproof, so you can take it wherever you want to take it. And Dame has thousands of five-star reviews. Go to dameproducts.com and check out all their incredible toys. Shop for couples or get a great gift for the number one person in your life, you. Self-care has never been this fun. Get 10% off your first order at dameproducts.com when you use promo code dailybeans, all one word, at checkout. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So there is a headline 
In the Pennsylvania Capital Star, Pennsylvania Labor Federation requests investigation into workplace harassment allegations. And the lead here says an internal investigation into the Pennsylvania American Federation of Labor is set to begin after a prominent labor talk show host accused the chapter's new president of workplace harassment. With us today is that prominent labor talk show host, Rick Smith, host of The Rick Smith Show, one of the members of MSWmedia.com. Rick, welcome. Thanks, Allison. I appreciate you taking time for us. Yeah, this is a huge story, and it's a very important one, too, especially in the labor world. And I think it's probably put you squarely in the hot seat for bringing forth these potential allegations of harassment from this new president of the AFL-CIO. Can you talk about who this is and, and what these allegations are? Yeah, I'll tell you, this is a position I've never, I never wanted to be in. Uh, this is something I had hoped to completely avoid and something that I've been told numerous times over the last several years that was never going to happen. I was told by the current president that this, this guy was never going to ascend to the top leadership position. I've been told by numerous leaders across the state that this guy doesn't have the temperament to be the president. And yet, what did they do a couple of Wednesdays ago? They went and made this person the top labor leader in the state and the figurehead for the entire labor movement in Pennsylvania. And I have said uh, since I left that organization back in 2016 that if he were to ever ascend to the top space, I was never, I was, I was not going to be silent on the treatment of workers that I saw by him as their secretary treasurer. In that environment, I spent six years working there in a very privileged position. I am very open and honest about the role that I played there. I was, I was given a special communications task where I reported to no one. I had no specific daily tasks. I was given full unfettered access to the entire facility. I could be in any room, any meeting at any time, and no one would question why I was there. Uh, and I understand how unique and how special that position was. And I understand you know, the, the confidence that I was given. I don't make these allegations and I don't do this without fully understanding why I'm doing it and what it means. But what I saw in those six years, the kind of verbal abuse that he heaped upon the women, mostly the women workers. Uh, and now he tried a couple of times with me and that just didn't fly. But mostly the women workers, very abusive, very demeaning, humiliating, belittling. I just there's just no way I can I can allow that to, to go forward, especially in a labor movement right now that is growing, that is encouraging young people to come in, led by young women who are empowering themselves to, to organize. Uh, this is the wrong person at the wrong time, Allison. And 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 yeah, this this is uh, I'm taking a lot of heat for it. But, you know, as as I've said, for the good of the movement, for the good of the Pennsylvania uh, labor movement, this this can't stand. Yeah. And it's a risky position to take, you know, and I, I'm familiar with the risks of opening one's mouth against the powers that be. But, you know, that is what what the labor movement is about. And it's what it's built on. And so this is Frank Snyder we're talking about. Now, how is it possible that he ascended to the presidency with this sort of this history of, of verbal demeaning abuse, uh, et cetera, and harassment. How how is that possible? 
becomes the question, doesn't it? Now, you know, I go back to my time there, and a, and a couple of people have asked the question, well, why now? Why in this moment have you chosen to speak out and, and bring this up? And look, the reality is, is I spoke up a lot during the time that I worked there. Uh, I would go to the number one guy quite often, and I'd go, hey, are you watching this? This, is, this ain't right. And where I have taken responsibility, and, and I have actually said that I've, I was part of the problem. And I've apologized for my role in abusing some of the women that worked in that facility is I was angry at them. And I was angry at them because they didn't handle the situation like I would have. And I guess this is, you know, old white male kind of thinking. I wouldn't tolerate it. The, the, the one. Yeah. Well, no, like I, I heard it a lot back in the military. Well, you should have stood up for yourself. You should have uh, reported what happened. You should, you know, why, you know, kind of that whole victim blaming thing that that comes from that sort of uh, generational outlook right so you get what i'm saying so you know in my experience with him was there you know there are a couple of times where he he wanted to scream at me like a, like i'm a child and i simply went to the number one guy is there something wrong with him is there is there a mental illness is there you don't treat people like this uh, and then at one point i said if you weren't here he'd be picking his chiclets up off the floor this isn't how you deal with people and you know i was telling these women, you should be filing a grievance. You have a union. This is what your union is for. And and I believed wholeheartedly, viscerally, because if there's one thing that you know about me is I am a true believer in the power of labor unions to help make lives better. I am a true believer in the fact that I believe our unions can help protect us and make workplaces better. I was wrong in those moments. Because their union didn't protect them, and they didn't believe that their union could protect them. And I take responsibility for that because there was a difference. Now, me as a card-carrying teamster for over 30 years, I've had that experience where my union has always had my back. I've gotten into scrapes in the past. My union has always been there. I've always filed grievances, and it's always, it's always worked out. Women don't have that same, that same kind of experience. So for me, part of this is not so much about Frank Snyder. He's kind of not the point. What I want out of this is I want women to feel as emboldened and as empowered as I feel in the workplace. And I've always felt in the workplace to not put up with shit like this guy, to put a, a, a coward like this in his place when he opens his mouth and says stupid stuff that is demeaning and belittling and harassing, to put him in his place and say, look, if you don't like my work, you know, say so, but you don't have to do the things that you're doing to make yourself feel better. And I'm hoping out of this, out of all of this and all of the shit I'm taking over this, some of that happens. I really am. I'm, and I'm, I'm really happy to see what's happening behind the scenes because, because I came out and I said, I, I did on social media, say some things. A lot of the women who had remained silent are now talking to investigators, are now coming forward with their stories that would have just remained silent and taken this. So I, I actually have some hope that something may happen. Now, will he be removed? I don't know. We'll find out. But the fact that these women are coming forward and telling their stories, I think is a good thing. Well, I'm, I'm very glad that you're also using your voice to talk about this and to elevate this. And also that, you know, after recognizing that your lived experiences are different from the lived experiences of others, that there's now an understanding as to why some people didn't speak out in the past, especially if that behavior 
was oppressive in, in that way. Just Allison is where this is a learning experience yeah. because you know this this is the old school labor idea of of an injury to one being an injury to all. Yeah. Because honestly and truthfully, he was pretty shitty to the men too, just not to the same extent. Uh, he he was bad to them. Men the men who stood up to, to him, he wasn't as bad to. The ones who would take the abuse, the the people who he knew he could bully, he did. And this is one of those things where unions are supposed to empower us to be better, to be stronger, to stand up to bullying bosses, to make better workplaces. The labor movement is supposed to be that place that makes work better, that makes the work environment more tolerable, that stands up to shitty bosses, not the place where we protect shitty bosses. Now, my fear is the investigation is going to say, well, you know, he's just a shitty boss. You know, we'll get him some anger management. We'll get him some leadership training. And I'll go, no, fuck that. Uh, this isn't the place where we protect shitty bosses. This is the place where we empower people to be better, not where we have a training course to help them figure out how to get better. Uh, this guy's had 30 years to figure this out. It's time for him to move along. And I've called for him to resign. And if not, Liz Shuler to throw his ass out. Now, this uh, investigation is being conducted at the request of state leaders. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I call bullshit on that. Well, if it were me, I would call for the investigation. The reality is, is this was this was done by the executive council immediately after I called after I made this public. They had an internal uh, state investigation through their their code of conduct council. Uh, so they immediately put two people on it, two people I like a lot, two people I trust a lot. And they they reached out to people that I sent to them. And the way I understand the story, it went, uh oh, uh, there's stuff here. The international said, uh-oh, we better get ahead of this. And they went and they found a lawyer from St. Louis, who I guess they've hired. They're going to move uh, into the state to do the investigation. I don't know much about her. I know her name. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how uh, what she does and where it goes forward. I'm hopeful that a third party is going to come in. I'm hopeful that they're going to go through all of his email communications. Because, look, I saw an email uh, where he used the C word to one of my friends, you know, called her the C word. And I'm going, wait a minute. I I wanted to march down to his office and smack the shit out of him over that. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm going, no, no. I take it the C word isn't coworker. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the coworker one. It was, yeah. it was your dumb blank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I guess that would be my concern because he he re he was unopposed and elected by acclamation. And I just wanted to make sure that those that acclaimed him into his position aren't the ones who are investigating him. So third party is good. And the fact that the, the first internal investigation was conducted by a couple of people, one of whom both of whom, you know, one of whom you implicitly trust gives me a little bit better feeling about this investigation, because I've, I've seen how internal investigations can go, not necessarily in labor unions, but in, in corporations and other other entities and organizations. And, and they can be used to sweep things under the rug and to come I, out with I, an outcome that uh, is beneficial to the, the person in charge. I still think that's possible, Allison. I'm not I'm not I'm not discarding the possibility of that, which is why I think uh, as I've been telling these women, you've got to come out, you've got to talk to reporters, you've got to talk to the press. This cannot be something that remains silent. And you're telling these women that you have their backs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I've the reason I'm speaking out, the reason 
I'm talking to you. The reason I came out beginning was this, this, this has to be done in sunlight. You cannot have these investigations done in the cloak of darkness. You can't have this done in back rooms because that the kind of stuff that you're talking about is easily, easily happens. Oh, well, we addressed it. He promises he won't do it again. And look, they they brought a woman on as secretary treasurer to team up with him because, hey, you know, we'll bring a woman in with him because, you know, she'll mother him. She'll take care of him. She'll make sure he's OK. Where I fear this poor woman is being put into a situation where he's going to bully the hell out of her and make her life miserable for the next four years. And well, we'll see where that goes. But for me right now, it's my belief he cannot he cannot serve in that position because in this moment, and this is where the, the important part for me is, we're seeing these incredible victories at Amazon. Mm. We're seeing these incredible victories at Starbucks. Starbucks. We're seeing this kind of organizing, this kind of pro-union mentality that we haven't seen in decades. We're seeing young people going, yes, I want to join and form unions. And to have a relic from the past like this, to have this kind of a person, this misogynistic kind of thinking as the head, figurehead of this movement, in that place is, is all the wrong messages. To have someone treats workers the way he does, the way I've seen him treat workers, the way I've seen him treat these women in the workplace, the way I've seen him attempt to treat me, there's no way I can allow that to stand. And if it means I end up losing my show over it, uh, as which has been, you know, hey, you know, got a nice show there. Hate to see something happen to it. Then so be it. That that is what I've had to I've had to come to grips with because the majority of my funding for the work that we do comes from labor unions. So by coming out and speaking out, a big part of this could mean that we end up being defunded. But understand, I'm not doing this because I have a problem with this person. I'm axe to grind. I'm a disgruntled employee. No, I'm doing this because I love the labor movement and I want to make it better. I want it to be the place that, that I truly believe has made my life better. You know, I, I tell the story all the time. I grew up as, as a kid in a housing project on the West side of Cleveland. I now live in a neighborhood with doctors and lawyers. And that's not because I'm particularly smart or industrious. It's because I carried a union card in my wallet for the last 30 years that compensated my labor at a good rate and has given me good benefits and good retirement security. I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. I want this to be there for the next generation, for my kids and the people behind me. And that can only happen if the labor movement has a strong, a strong community and a strong, a strong ethic. And, and that can't happen with someone like Frank Snyder as the head of the Pennsylvania AFL-CIO. Well, yeah, no, if the labor movement becomes as corrupt as the corporations, then there's no difference between the managers and the union bosses, honestly. Thank you so much for your time today, Rick. Everybody check out the Rick Smith Show. We're going to be following the story very carefully. And I want you to know MSW Media always has your back, my friend, on the back of the, the labor movement. And uh, I couldn't agree more. We need it's the young people that are going to save the unions and and make them back into the robust, incredible things that they were and keep them afloat and not just afloat, but but thriving. And we, we can't have that kind of old school, quote unquote, boys club leadership management mentality, especially one that would harass and demean people at the helm. So I appreciate your time today and I appreciate you speaking out. I know it's you're risking a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks. I appreciate it. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the beans. And our sponsor today is All Form, the best place to buy amazing customizable furniture that ships fast and is easy to put together and is good for pod pets. 
They make beautiful tailored furniture at Allform based on your your specifications. And they deliver directly to your home for free. With Allform, you can design your own luxury furniture at a fraction of the cost and customize it to fit your personal style. I chose a three-seater sofa in whiskey-colored leather with walnut legs and a chaise lounge. And besides looking great and being comfortable and stylish, it fits perfectly with the decor in my room. Orders are shipped fast, and they arrive in five to seven days in the mail, by mail, so you don't have to pay that extra $139 white glove delivery fee or whatever from other places. You get to put it together yourself, and it's easy, I promise. There's no tools needed. You can start small, too, and add more seats as you need them. They have armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. And best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. And they have a forever warranty, literally forever. Uh, so to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And right now, Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. And today's show is also brought to you by another helper to my home remodel, Hunter Douglas. Hunter Douglas manufactures exquisite window treatments, beautiful fabrics, automated systems that can be adjusted, by the way, automatically to their ideal positions. Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology is what makes that happen. It automatically adjusts my shades for optimal light and control and privacy and energy efficiency, too, no matter what time of day it is. The Hunter Douglas window treatment will give your room a gorgeous, beautiful glow, especially at that, you know, the magic hour, twilight and dusk in the morning at sunrise uh, and and dawn. Sorry, you know, dusk, dawn. I've seen the movies. But anyway, it's just a beautiful glow in the room and you can make it more private or less private by rolling them up, rolling them down, because you can see out, but people can't see in. And temperature, it keeps it warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer. So that's really great for your energy bill. But my favorite feature is how it automatically adjusts the shades. So no matter what time of day it is, your Hunter Douglas blinds will give you the perfect balance between light, privacy, and insulation. So I recommend checking out Hunter Douglas. Just go to hunterdouglas.com slash dailybeans today. Get your free style, get smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. That's hunterdouglas.com slash daily beans for your free design guide. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news is on the way. Boy, we need it today. Uh, if you have any good news or confessions or corrections or would be stories or Easter bunny photos, Halloween photos, I accept all year. Actually, any rad photos even if they're holiday themed i just whenever you know send them just send them in you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact we'll be happy to read your good news and you can submit it anonymously if you would like Um, you can also give your pronouns if you like and this first submission is from asin pronouns she and her i hope i'm pronouncing that right hello she says Today is December 4th, and I nope. just learned... Turned it around because we're in Europe. It's April 12th. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this has been sitting in the can for a while. <laughs> You're <Awesome>. very pretty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is that what you say to people who say dumb stuff? I go, oh my God, you are so pretty. <laughs> only, only the people that I really love, and it's when really smart people... <laughs> Just they just have a brain lapse. It's not even dumb people. It's just very smart people say something like that. And I'm like, Ah. I think this person's in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if everyone would just comply. Okay. (laughs) So today is April 12th, not December 4th. And I've just learned that Dana shares a birthday with my baby sis. Yay. I became an older sister on this day in 1994. My sister is my favorite person and I'm so happy to have her in my life. Happy birthday to Sarah and Dana. 
and also all the members of the Luguminati who share this glorious day. As pod pet tax, I'm attaching pics of my girl, Rhea, the white one with the pink nose, and DeLong, black with cream and white markings, from last year's Barks for Biden rally in Brussels, organized by Democrats abroad, Belgium. Nice. I also want to encourage my any Americans abroad to register to vote and join their local chapter. Wonderful. With love, Belgium. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. <laughs> Both of these dogs are so cute. The feet and the eyebrows on this. Oh, oh my God. Look at the bonus before the haircut. I love them <gasps> oh, so much. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the one on the right. Oh, my God. Have With you seen my lean? sheep? It looks like that cartoon dog. Yeah. They're like, have you seen my sheep? Yeah, the the, the dog from the Wiley e. Coyote. Yes. Cartoon. Morning, George. Morning, Frank. And they yeah. clock in on the tree. <laughs> Morning, George. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what it. it is. Oh, God. Oh. Thank you for that. That made my day. Oh, okay. This one's from Anonymous. Pronouns she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. I'm submitting pictures of my dog that make me smile. Right now, I think we all need a smile. Yes. When I first picked Ernie up from the shelter, he was confused about the correct way to sit in a car. <laughs> Ten years later, he has mastered the art of sitting like a human. Thanks for all you do. Keep informing us. This picture is fucking brilliant. <laughs> I like how he's looking at you like, what? Isn't this how you do it? <laughs> this is how I sit. Aww. Oh, and now he's like, does anyone have a beer? Because I'm watching a movie. Oh my god, this dog is adorable. Dog's super cute. I like the chicken pillow that says Dayton, too. If you're from Ohio, <laughs> word up. I love my oh, love it. Next up from Eric, pronouns he and him, at DLW Cat Foster, by the way, at DLW Cat Foster. Eric says, you asked for costumes. Here's mine from October 2021. I'm just making sure that's the correct date and that Eric's not from Belgium. Hilarious. Brief back history. I auditioned for an artistic improv show that required developing a character. At the time, I was an active volunteer vaccinator with my local medical reserve corps. Sweet. Which spawned the idea. Add a red glow behind wraparound sunglasses, a leather biker's jacket, black jeans, a face mask, and a bandolier full of glowing syringes. And I am the vaccinator. <laughs> It says, in your best Arnold Schwarzenegger voice, hasta la COVID, baby. Come with me if you want the vax. <laughs> Unfortunately, the auditions were canceled, but I enjoyed making the costume. I also included foster pet tax and maybe a new game for you. I present Find the Trap. Bootsy and our new foster Felicia, by Felicia, demonstrate that it is nigh impossible to determine when a cat belly is a trap. Oh, what do you think? Hint, I mentioned Bootsy in the good news mission before. Answer below. Okay. The vaccinator is awesome. Oh, this definitely looks like a trap. I don't know. Yeah, that's a trap. No, I think the first one's not a trap, but the second one is oh, a trap. Oh, first one's not a trap. Second one, definitely a trap. Oh, nope. Bootsy, the orange one, is the trap. Oh. Oh, see? You can't ever tell. Felicia's more of like, why the fuck aren't you touching me? That's what those yeah, eyes are. That must, that must be that's what, what that, that is. look is. Why are you just standing there? And that's why it's called a trap. There you go. All right. This is from Lady O, the farm. This is from Lady O, the farm. Pronounce she and her. I keep meaning to send stuff both as a here's my hobby promotion and as good news, but today made me really happy. So while these aren't the best pictures in the world, they are worth the grins they give me. I'm a researcher in development genetics, and while I have so much to say about reproduction, sex, genetics, epidemiology, just about every topic important in the world today, I am afraid I wouldn't be the best guest host right now because of the background bleats. Squee! Oh. 
today was my birthday. Oh, today was my birthday. My favorite goat got me the best present of four little girls. <gasps> the oh. goat had babies. Oh my God, I've attached their photo, but I promise to get you more better ones of these. The kids arrived last Wednesday and the ones that will be born to my last two does. Well, it means I can't use her abundance of colostrum for, oh, Jesus Christ, for lipogesto? Cheese. Just say cheese. Cheese? Okay, delicious coffee cheese. Uh, or <laughs> cheese. Just say cheese, Dana. <laughs> or her milk for other know. cheese or soap for a little while. Some is in the soaps I made over the winter that I offer up in the Discord, Twitter, and my Facebook farm page. Uh, and quote, Hayes End Farm, H-A-Y apostrophe S, End Farm which is a pun and rarely caught reference to L-O-T-R, like my name. Mm -hmm. Almost all of my soap is goat milk soap and is very rich and wonderful feeling. Some are scented with carefully chosen fragrances and others left with only the light natural fragrance of an infused forage skin loving plants and honey. You want to guess the goat breed? Uh, oh sure, even though I have no <laughs> idea. All right, let's guess the goat. Look at the babies. Oh, they're fainting goats. Let's guess the goat breed. Yeah, that's the only breed I know is fainting. It's, the only reason I say that is because their legs are so stiff in this picture. But I think all goats probably look like that when they're trying to learn how to stand. <laughs> look at these babies. Uh, let's yeah. see. I'm going to call them Chicago Golds. Oh, my God. I that was adorable because I'm looking at the name and I thought you were going to throw out this name and I was going to throw my computer because if you had said this <laughs> word, I would have been like, what the fuck? These are Nubians, long ears, rounded nose, bell-like calls, very fat and protein-rich milk, and great personalities. Nubians, I now know a breed of goat. And if anyone ever asks me about goat breeds, I will just say it's Nubian and probably be wrong unless they have the long ears and the rounded nose. I don't know. I think Chicago, what did I say? Chicago go golden sh goldens or something. something like that. Yeah, that's why I was like, "Where is she going with this?" <laughs> I just was pulling something out of my ass. Really, so good. Honestly. Thank you for the goats, Lady of the Farm. I appreciate it. Next up, and finally from Anne, pronoun she and her, a confession. I was delighted to hear on Mueller. She wrote today Peter Strzok's reference to the Americans as compared to Burn After Reading. That told me all I needed to know about the brouhaha with the pretend agents in the Secret Service. If you haven't watched Burn After Reading, I recommend you do so immediately. It's the funniest movie about CIA intrigue ever it's made. It's the Coen brothers made it. It's the same makers as Fargo. It's one of the funniest movies on the planet. It's starring um, super handsome guy used to be married to Angelina Jolie. Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. Burn after reading. Yeah, that's that was how Peter Stroke said it. These he's like, these two guys are less the Americans, more burn after reading. Yeah. <laughs> I have a small confession, Anne says. All of those reported missing podcast downloads, I had them. I listen to podcasts mostly on an ancient <laughs> iPad. I keep for the purpose that I can drag drag it into the studio or the bathroom and not worry that it will be destroyed. A couple weeks ago, it told me the device was completely full and would not take any more downloads. I started deleting podcast episodes I had already listened to in the hopes of freeing up some space. When I got to the Daily Beans pod, I discovered there were almost 500 episodes downloaded. Whoopsie. I had to go through and delete them all. I can only assume these were all the podcast episodes your listeners had not been getting on their own devices. Many sincere apologies. Please carry on. Ah, thank you. Yeah. That's and you hysterical. know what? All of our past reviews got erased as well. We had over 4,500 reviews and now oh we have like God. 200 and something. And Apple's like, we don't know, nothing's wrong. So if you could, if I know if you already have, it's probably gone. 
So if you could jump back on Apple Podcasts and give us another review, I would love you very much. I would really appreciate it. It would make my day and it's free and it only takes a minute or so. And thank you so much, Leguminati. And thank you for all these pictures and the vaccinator. That's a great outfit. Um, and the dogs. The, the, I still think the do- George. Hey, George. Hey, Frank. Hey, George. Hey, Frank. <laughs> Hi, George. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is so crazy. Oh my god, I love them so much. Mm. Like it's hard to believe those are the same dogs, boat, by the way. I know. They're so cute. Yeah. If you have anything you want to send in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? I do. And I know this is going to be a day late, but for those of you that are into astrology, April 12th is a huge convergence of like a couple of planets that are in like Pisces or something like that that aren't normally. Anyway, it, it manifests something beautiful, creative um, that you want for your future, some abundance, because now is the time to do it. Things are justice, indictments, just an abundance of indictments. Yes, do it, do it, do it. Manifest that shit. Mm, I'm doing it right now. Mm, bring me indictments. All right. Uh, my next vacation is what, the first week of May? I probably am not taking a vacation, but that's when it's supposed to be. Mm, I'm trying to like schedule my vacation with the fucking public hearings for the <laughs> January 6th committee and they keep fucking moving. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I should just take that May 1st vacation and then go at the end of June, you know? Like, God damn. All right. Thank you so much for that. And uh, happy convergence. Yeah. Happy Pisces convergence. And uh, happy birthday to you, Dana. I know Thank it's you. the next day, but today is today, so... And happy birthday to Sarah, right? The sister. Yes, all for, April who's, 12th out there. Whose uh, birthday is December 4th. <laughs> oh my God, so funny. It's funny because I was like, is she going to catch this? Because I was going to tell you, by the way, this is inverted. But I was like, no, I'm going to see. <laughs> nope, you got me. It was a trap. Just I'll like see you Saturday. Oh, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's going to be so good to see you Saturday. But yes, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. And vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.